Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 71 of the Ask the Coach show, where we answer your table tennis questions. Today, we're talking about how to read the spin on serves, using your wrist for backhand strokes, preparing for your first tournament, how to be a better defender, and we have an interesting discussion on eye dominance. As always, Supercoach Alloys Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alloys. Good morning, Jeff. And uh, I did make it up on time today. How about that? That is an excellent effort. Well done. <laughs> You're feeling sharp? Uh, absolutely. Sharp as. Great to hear. Well, um, let's get into some of the questions. And um, the Pink Seals question of the day yesterday was about um, the chairman of the USA Table Tennis. A lot about him, but how important is the role of a chairman and what qualities should a chairman have? Do you have some thoughts on these? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, one, one thing, one thing <coughs> that um, I think is up for discussion is how much um, sports-specific or table tennis background does a chairman need? Um, and I think, I think as long as they've got a team around them um, that has table tennis knowledge, that person at the top doesn't necessarily have to have a, a deep table tennis knowledge. I think their role is a lot more about, um, it's almost like it, it's a business manager. It's, uh, it's being able to uh, control um, the, the business of the, the association that, you're, that they're um, in charge of. And, you know, certainly you need good table tennis knowledge within the organisation, but I don't think it's one of the things that is really critical for, um, for the person at the top. And I think, but I think one, one thing that's, that is really important is um, being able to deal with people um, on a face-to-face -face basis um, because um, in, a, in a table tennis association um, situation, it's a lot about dealing with volunteers and dealing with people that, you know, are giving up their time and, uh, and just are, are really passionate about, about the sport. Um, so I think, you know, the, the chairman still needs to be able to deal with, with those people well and to um, be able to empathise with, um, with uh, players and officials from, from, uh, from clubs, you know, all those volunteers out there. So yeah, there, there are a couple of things that I think are really important. Okay, excellent, excellent points there, Alice. And it's interesting to hear your thoughts because um, you have worked in uh, Table Tennis Association uh, quite a long time ago now, though. Um, yes. But yes, interesting to hear those thoughts. So that moves us on to the Pink Seals question of today, which is Do you prefer language or mathematics? We'd just love to get your thoughts on that. Leave a comment and we'll see what the balance is between people liking language or mathematics better for learning. All yeah, right. I've got, a, I've got a little theory about that, so let's see. Okay, yeah, so make sure you jump on and leave a comment. You can find it on kingskills.com and click on the blog link and you'll find the show where you can leave a comment or you can leave a comment on YouTube. All right, Alois. Now, we had an interesting question about eye dominance um, from Dita. And um, would you just tell us a bit about eye dominance and what it is and how you can tell what it is and does it really affect anything? Yeah, so it was interesting. Uh, Dita brought up some really good points, and it's not something that I've really paid any attention to um, over time. So, so what Dita um, said to do was, um, and you can all do this, um, 
just pick out a, a little uh, object in the horizon, so I'm going to look out there, and make a bit of a, whoo, let's see where I can see that, yeah, make a circle with your hands to, um, to, to encircle that object in the distance, and then just bring it closer and bring that circle closer and closer until it's really small and just encircling that object. Then close one of your eyes and see which eye um, that circle actually, um, or uh, it keeps that object in that circle, whether it's your left eye or your right eye. So it might be that by closing your right eye, um, you see the... Um, um, see the object or closing your left eye you see the object so um, yeah interesting so um, what I found is that I'm well I'm a left-hander in general you know for, for uh, one-handed sports I'm definitely a left-hander um, but I am right eye dominant um, and there are, there are, there's been quite a few studies on um, you know eye dominance and things a lot of them show that um, there isn't a lot of uh, effect, you know, by being you know left-handed right eye dominant or left-handed left eye dominant. Um, but uh, yeah, there's some interesting things uh, related to it. Yeah, Jeff, have you heard much about eye dominance? Um, just a little bit. Um, I heard once when reading about basketball that when you're first shooting for basketball, you should do that little test and figure out whether you're right eye and left eye dominant. And then when you go to shoot the basketball, you should hold it not right in front of you, but just slightly over the eye that's more dominant, and that will help you be more accurate. That's what I've heard with basketball, um, but I don't know if there's any scientific thinking behind it or you know analysis behind it. It does, um, it does make sense, though, doesn't it? it because um, if that's the eye that you're um, focusing with, um, that would make sense to get your hand in front of that eye. Yes, and then I guess maybe like if you're if you're throwing darts or something, if that was the case, maybe that would be better. But you kind of read a study where it didn't seem that eye dominance didn't make much difference. But with no, eye dominance, but was that study talking about just people in general? And maybe people do that by default, so it didn't make any difference. And the people that yeah. weren't doing that should do that. It's interesting. Yeah, it didn't talk about um, the. Well, it talked about their learning ability, um, so it didn't really talk about you know where they're putting the data or anything like that. Um, so it yeah, it showed that if you were left hand dominant and right eye dominant, it didn't make any difference to your ability to learn. But as you say, it's probably people are just adjusting naturally um, to that. So um, interestingly, I throw darts. I need to think about this. I think I throw darts with my right hand. Um, and, and I would put it in front of my right eye to do that. Um, being a left-handed person and trying to get in front of my right eye would be a little bit more difficult, you know, to get it across there rather than there, which is a natural yeah. position. So yeah. table tennis, I can't see how, knowing your eye dominance, you could really do anything to improve your game. Again, I haven't given this a lot of thought, but... Yeah, the, the, only, the only other little theory that I have is that um, because I'm right eye dominant, um, perhaps I favour my left-hand side, so where my right eye is, uh, is closer to the, to the ball. Um, someone else made a comment, I can't remember, sorry, who made a comment on um, 
on the question from Dieter um, that they are left eye dominant, I think left handed and left eye dominant, and they tend to favour their backhand. So yeah, interesting. Um, we'd love to hear um, you know your thoughts. Are you uh, left hand dominant or right hand dominant? Are you left eye dominant or right eye dominant? And do you favour when you're on this side or when you're on this side? So um, yeah, put your thoughts down there and let's see if uh, we can uh, make something of it. Indeed, yes, we'd love to hear your thoughts. All right, um, Alois. Now, um, Brock, hi, Brock. Brock's watching again, and he's asked a question, Alois. He says, hey, Ping Skills. I've been uh, practicing with a coach for two weeks now, and I've been better on my strokes, but when I use it on the tall guy, he just blocks the ball, and I'm shocked. Have you any other tips that is maybe going to help me advance and get better than this guy? Uh, this tall guy, he's obviously your nemesis, isn't he, Brock? Um, the, the, the things that we've talked about previously to you um, about playing the ball into the middle and the variation, they're the things that you need to think about and keep working on. Maybe at this stage your strokes just aren't strong enough to, to overcome him. Um, yeah, but then also also think about different as the other aspects of the game. You know, think about your serving. Where is it best to serve to? What type of serves um, is it best to do? What type of returns is it best to do? Um, so, you know, tr do a little bit of analysis on, on the player um, in general. Use the vault um, on, uh, on pingskills.com. Um, go there. Put in the tall guy, you know, put in the attributes that you see and see if you can start to work a few more things out about this guy. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, sometimes players are just better than you and you just have to, you know, work for a, a, a long period of time to improve your game. And like you said, the tactics are also important because if he's always just blocking your strokes, then maybe you need to place the ball better or maybe he's got a weaker forehand block than a backhand block, so you should go there more. So there's a lot of things to think about. But during it all, you've always just got to keep working away, keep improving your level bit by bit. And there's really ever, you know, one simple thing that can take you from uh, a level down here and jump you right up to another level. It's really like a gradual process of just, Increasing your skill level over time. I know that yeah. doesn't sound great, but yeah, yeah. One, one day, one day, Brock, you're going to be contacting us and say, "I beat the tall guy." Yes, we look forward to that day. So just keep working at it and keep persevering, uh, Brock, and let us know when you finally do beat the tall guy. All right. Next question is from Lucas. He says, "Next week on Monday, I'm playing my first ever table tennis tournament." Do you have any tips on what I should do or any tips on how I can read my opponent's serves and or moves? And what techniques do you think I should use? Yeah, so tournaments are great. It's a really good idea to get into um, you know, playing some tournaments because you just see a whole new range of players, a wider range of players. Um, look at the tournament as just a test of your ability, not um, you know how you're uh, how you can you know beat this guy or beat that guy? Just go in there, learn as much as you possibly can, and watch as much as you possibly can of all the other players. When you're on the table, just see where you're at. Don't try and do anything different. 
don't try and invent some new strokes for the tournament or, you know, go and change your bat and get a faster bat or, or whatever for the tournament. Just go out there, play table tennis like you play table tennis and just see where you're at, okay? It's a, it's a really good way to, um, to just um, get some new ideas during the tournament, but just um, test your skills and, um, and you'll start to find out things that um, other players are, are uh, picking on with you. So, you know, they might pick on your backhand. They might, might find something that they can um, utilize to beat you. And that's, that's something that you can then just go away and practice before the next time you play a tournament. So, yeah, just use it as a, a great learning experience. All right, Lucas, um, good luck with your tournament. Let us know how you get on. We'd love to hear how you went and what you thought of the tournament. All right, uh, Yang has asked us a question. He says, I am a defensive player, but I want to make some more backspin. Also, I want to know about what I need to do to be a better defensive player. Yeah, so um, defending um, basically usually means you know you're back from the table and uh, chopping the ball, um, or you know when you're uh, at the table uh, you're you're blocking or pushing pushing the ball. So to generate more spin, it's about uh, tilting the bat back more and brushing underneath the ball. So if you see the ball as a um, as a circle. Okay, so there's your circle. If I'm hitting the ball that way, I want to brush the ball right at the bottom here to generate the best, uh, most amount of backspin. So there is where I want to be hitting the ball. Okay, and there you can see that the ball starts to rotate around really well. Um, the other thing is to, as you get a little bit more advanced, to hit that ball closer to the bottom edge there because that gives you a little bit more time with the ball on the rubber and that uh, will also help you to generate the spin. So tilt your bat back, brush right underneath the ball, and then you can start to brush a little bit faster to generate more spin on the ball. To become a better defender, that's one thing to be able to do, but you also need to just retrieve a lot of balls, so to be able to get a lot of balls back on the table. Um, I found um, multi-ball is a really good way of practicing that um, because sometimes you can't get, um, a player to be able to attack to you consistently enough. So um, get a person to grab a whole bucket of balls and just stand close to the net and, and hit them out, one this way, one that way, um, and just start practicing being able to retrieve that ball um, on both sides. On the website, we've got um, some lessons about the techniques of the actual chopping strokes, so forehand and backhand strokes. So... Um, Go there, check out the techniques, just make sure your technique looks uh, looks right and feels right, um, and then move on from there. Yeah, it's interesting, Alice. Um, so some of those points you raised about getting more backspin and getting the angle of the bat, would that change depending on the stroke your opponents play? So if they're playing a heavy top spin, um, does that affect the angle of your bat? Yeah, it, uh, it can. So um, if they're playing a heavy top spin, you, you might need to um, come down on the ball a little bit more. Um, you can, I mean, if you're really good, even when they play a heavy top spin, you can still brush heavily underneath the ball and get the ball uh, with a lot of spin back. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, they're, they're just more, some more advanced things that you can start to think about. But 
certainly just um, you know retrieving the ball first and then you know trying to generate a bit more spin is, is yeah. Important. And the other thing I found when playing against good choppers and defenders is that when they're able to vary the amount of spin on the ball, it becomes difficult. Yeah, that's that's a really good point because once uh, I mean just generating more spin isn't always the answer um, because no matter how much spin you get on the ball, if you do that all the time, the attacking player is going to be able to adjust and be able to lift that ball um, effectively. But if you're playing one with heavy spin and one with less spin, um, that's the thing that's going to um, cause your opponent the most uh, most problems. And they'll start to lift the ball off into the table or into the net as well. So, yeah, great point, Jeff. Excellent. All right, thanks for the question, Yang. All right, next question is from Grenville, who says, I sometimes use the backhand with just a wrist action when the ball is half long and also from deep off the table as well. Sometimes I find the wrist shot is effective and sometimes it's difficult to control. Is this technique fine? Yeah. So, so especially when the ball... A full just with the result, use the wrist. I didn't see just with the wrist can be. Um, Hold on, Alice. We're having just a few difficulties here. I can't um, pick um, you up. I'm not sure why, but um, maybe something's going on. Um, yeah. Are you there? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So maybe maybe try that again. So yeah, is 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 that technique with the wrist fine? So um, as you um, as you don't have time to play the ball because the ball's really um, um, coming fast onto you. You haven't got just the wrist can be really effective um, to be able to uh, generate enough speed with the racket head. To, to lift that ball over the net. More um, your wrist, and you haven't got the control of the forearm, but um, but it, it can be a really effective stroke. You know, sometimes oh, it was interesting. I used to I, I had um, a bad backhand in a match situation, but I used to find that this stroke um, worked quite effectively, mainly because I didn't have enough time to think about it. And it became a natural, a natural. And that's why you're saying that you know sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but yes, it is a, is a legitimate stroke and a stroke that you can develop as well. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so yeah, you were cutting out a bit, but I think the the general advice is that yeah, using your wrist is a legitimate technique. Um, so thanks for the question, Grenville. Hopefully that clears up some of your um, your thoughts. Um, so when someone's practicing that shot, Alois, um, do you want them to be consistent with the way they're practicing that shot? Uh, yes. So you you certainly can. So probably a good way to practice it again with multi ball is to um, get someone to push the ball short to you. So you come in and play a short ball, and then quickly they push that. And another ball deep to you, so you're here, then you're caught um, quite close to the table, you need to make the top spin. So come in, make the push, next ball quickly here, 
to make the, the wristy top spin. Okay, excellent. All right, give that a try, Grenville, and let us know how it goes. All right, next question is from uh, Michael, who says, I play a player who has a backhand serve, and he serves it from his backhand corner, and he plays it fast and deep into my backhand corner. The difficulty is that he buries and disguises the spin, but I cannot read which spin is on the ball. How can I learn to read the spin on the ball better? Yeah, so um, so Michael was also saying, just in the extended question in the Ask the Coach, he was saying, you know, he, he very rarely gets them back, or very rarely. Uh, things to think about. One is, um, you could take a step back. So if he's always doing this serve and it's always deep and fast to you, just take half a step back from the table. You will start to you will you'll have a little bit more time to to react and to play your stroke. Um, secondly, the type of stroke that you play, it can be a top spin stroke. If you're really struggling, just go back there and push the ball onto the table. So at least then you're giving the other guy one more stroke that they have to play. If you're always missing the return, then they start to get pretty comfortable and they get more confident with their serve and they really start ripping their serve. So, so here's a couple of ideas. Take half a step back away from the table. Try and do your top spin stroke. Uh, if not, just push the ball back on the table. Mm, yeah, not sure what's happening, but from my end, you're just cutting out a bit again, Alois, so just missing out on some of those uh, crucial points there. But I think I think you're trying to say, yeah, yeah, take a step back, give yourself some more time, especially because he's always doing the serve long to your backhand. Um, if you're not getting any on, maybe it's a good idea to just try and attack some to try and scare the guy. Um, and you might make some on, so just try and hit some hard if you're losing all the points anyway. And, um, yeah, so what... what yeah, and the, the other point was to just, um, just get the ball back on the table. So go the other way and just get the ball back on the table to just make sure that they play one more ball. Yeah, good, good point. Now, looking long-term... How do you get better at reading the spin on this serve? Yeah, so really, really crucial um, to watch the ball all the way through. I often find that when players say that they um, haven't got time or they're, you know, they're always getting caught out, it's because they're not actually focusing on the ball. So as soon as the ball uh, has the ball in their hand, they need to... You need to focus on that ball. Watch the ball. Watch the ball as they hit it. If you if you're tuned into the ball from there, you you're going to buy yourself a little bit more time to uh, to react and to hit the ball. If you're not really focused on that and you're focused on other things, you know, fo trying to focus on their head or their bat or their elbow or whatever it is. Um,
Yeah, it just cutting out again. I don't know if it's my computer doing something, but just losing track of you there. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 the returning serve really is difficult, isn't it? Like, it's just small variations can make the difference between a backspin and a topspin, and I guess that comes with experience, and, and maybe it's helpful if you can get a partner that can and serve to you quite a bit so you can practice against the different types of spins that they generate. Yeah, that's right. So just just getting experience against all the different types. Excellent. Well, um, so Michael, don't get discouraged. It's um, returning serves is difficult. So yeah, see if you can maybe even you can get this player to practice serving to you, or if it's not this opponent, maybe someone else who's got a good serve, and just get them to serve to you quite a bit, and see if you can start to pick up the different serves. But yeah, really watch the ball the whole way through. Watch their contact and learn what happens with the different types of serves. That will help you out a lot. Um, so that, Alois, wraps up the show for today. Um, big thank you to everybody for watching and to all those who asked the questions. Make sure you visit pingskills.com and sign up for our free newsletter. We give out lots of tips, so that will help you table tennis. And um, we will see you again tomorrow. Thank you, Alois. Yep, thanks Jeff and thanks Pink Skillers and we'll see you tomorrow. We will indeed see you everyone. <laughs>